Welcome to the Not A Mommy Yet podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Fay. I started the Not A Mommy Yet blog and this podcast because I've always known I want to be a parent one day, and you might be listening because you feel the same. You may have also heard people with kids say things like, I wish I had known this before I had kids, or I wish I had done that. Hearing those comments made me think about the parts of my life I want to spend more time focusing on before I have kids in ways that will benefit me as a parent. So I started a list of people who can teach me about health, money, relationships, psychology, and more, and started interviewing them, and this podcast was born. Whether you plan to have kids or not, I think you'll find something interesting in this podcast for you. I hope you enjoy, subscribe, and maybe even share it with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. Today on the podcast, I'm speaking with Carolyn Call of Just Ingredients. You'll hear her amazing story going from suicidal depression diagnosis to being on no medication today. She explains why and how she eliminated health-disrupting ingredients out of her life and her family's life and how you can get started too. She also breaks down the labels we are all bombarded with every day, organic, non-GMO, USDA organic, and what they really mean. I highly recommend following her on Instagram at just.ingredients and checking out her blog and her new line of products you know only have the best ingredients. I hope you enjoy this week's episode with Carolyn Call. Thanks for listening. Um, thank you so yeah. much for taking the time to be on my podcast today. I really appreciate it. I know how busy you are. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, not a problem. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, just to get right into it, just to make you know the best use of our time, I wanted you on the podcast because I've been following you for a while. My friend Ashley turned me on to your Instagram um, like six to eight months ago, and I've just really enjoyed following you, and I've learned so much. I've been on a journey myself to try and cl- um, remove products that are, I've been mainly focusing on like hormone disruptors because I went off of birth uh-huh. control, and that was something that was really important to me, but you've kind of like opened my eyes to all of the other products in my life beyond just a hormone focus. So I'd love oh, for good. you. Yeah, um, and I did get your face serum, by the way. I got it a few days ago, and I love it. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah, so just to get started, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your background for people who um, aren't familiar with you and how you um, got started with all of this. So I got started in all of this because um, about 15 years ago, I found myself with severe suicidal depression, and um, I thought, well, this is weird. Like, I've never had this before, so something had to have triggered this or something had to have happened. And so I went to um, doctor after doctor, and they all just kept saying, well, the best thing we can do for you is put you on an antidepressant. And don't get me wrong, I tell everyone this, I have nothing against antidepressants because they were life-saving for me at the time. But my problem was I would say to them, well, will these heal me? And they would say, no, they're just to help the problem. And I would say, well, what can heal me? And they would say, we don't really know, or... This is the best thing that mm-hmm. you can do. Right. Um, and so I, that just didn't settle well with me. And so I kept looking for doctors and finally found one who was like, yeah, I can help you. It's going to take a lot of work on your end. It's not a pill. It's not an overnight fix. But I bet your hormones are totally off balance. I bet um, your gut is a mess. I bet your inflammation markers are high. You know, all these things. So she did some tests and, of course, hormones were not balanced and mm-hmm. information markers were high and 
Um, so she taught me the basics of removing toxins out of my life and things to do to reduce the inflammation and heal my gut and things like that. And um, it was like a 18 month journey with her. And, but that was just the beginning, like to learn the basics. And um, then for years afterwards, it was how can I improve this health journey that I'm on? Mm-hmm. And even to this day, I find that I'm still trying to improve, you know, my journey. So. Um, yeah, so that's where it started, like, 15 years ago. Okay. Yeah, and I saw um, on your post, too, you shared that your sister was going through a cancer diagnosis at the same time, and she had a doctor who was helping her heal through, like, food and, and the products in her life as well, which was, like, an aha moment for you, too. Is that correct? Yeah, so that was crazy. So she was going through that at the exact same time, and she had a rare form of breast cancer, and... She was 35 at the time with four little kids and wow. even nursing her little baby, which they say, like, nursing helps prevent against it. And anyways, yeah, one of her doctors was awesome and was like, hey, to fight this, you've got to also do your part. You've got to, like, lower your sugar intake and get rid of your Teflon pans and all these different things. And so that was an aha moment. Like, oh, my gosh, okay, her doctor for cancer is talking to her about living a healthier lifestyle. My doctor with mental health is teaching me how to live a healthier lifestyle and actually we had a third situation at the exact same time too my brother-in-law my husband's brother was fighting cancer as well as skin cancer but Mm -hmm. which should which should have been fine but the problem was he was on um the chemo had suppressed his immune system Mm -hmm. and so he was getting staph infections and things like that and so um his doctor as well was like we need to boost your immune system and do things like probiotics and some supplements and some certain foods and things. So anyways, once I saw all three things, I was like, wow, food and supplements and the toxins in our life really play a huge part. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think people don't really think about what's in these products, even though they can see on the label, which is, I think, what's so great about your page is that it 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 forces people to really look further and to look at the ingredients which now I do with everything and I'm so limited on what I like not and you know not in in life like of course there's options out there as you show us but um just in general like if I just walk into a grocery store and I'm looking at the ingredients on the back of a product you know I'm I'm always usually met with some things that I don't want in my body so it's been very interesting to realize that connection of, you know, cleaning up your gut and reducing inflammation and balancing your hormones, how those are all connected to those ingredients that you're putting on or in your body. Um, so I would love to know, you know, along the way, you said it was an 18th month journey, which was just the beginning, but what challenges did you face that were like both expected, but really the unexpected challenges? The unexpected challenges, um, well, there's the time that times that you just want to eat junk food or, mm-hmm. you know, go out with your friends and have the cheeseburger and fries, which I mean, you, not that you can't, I enjoy those times too, but right. you do have to be really careful. Um, I have to be really careful, I should say, not to, um, once I start eating like that, I just feel I don't feel good, and then I right. get back into depression and things. And so just for me, I have to be really careful with what I do eat and put in my body so that I don't slip into that 
depression again. So it is yeah. a constant, um, everyday like choice of, okay, am I going to feel healthy and good and choose good products, or do I want to be maybe a, um, not lazy is the right word, but like maybe careless and be like, sure, I'll eat whatever. You know, it's a daily battle and daily right. fight that you have to do. Right. No, absolutely. And, you know, I see that how your um, kids are also involved. You show them regularly on your Instagram, how how you're kind of showing them these ways of living. And, and, you know, it was over 15 years ago. So you had like a pretty young child, maybe two when this all started. So how are you passing this on in a way that because I'm always curious how parents help their children develop a healthy relationship with food and with, you know, things in general in their lives. So how are you, like, educating your kids about all of this and, and making it a part of their daily lives and, and making it something that they truly care about as well? So um, so 15 years ago, I actually had a 5-year-old. And um, because it took me a couple of years to get – things cleaned up. He was more like seven before um, we started really eating well and things mm-hmm. like that because it took me baby steps. I didn't just like de-junk my whole house all at once and buy right. new products of everything, you know. So it is so much easier to start with a kid from birth on a healthy lifestyle <laughs> than one that for seven years ate whatever. And so honestly, like my nine-year-old now just eats so well because that's what he's used to. That's what he's grown up knowing and doing. He doesn't know any difference where my seven year, my one that was seven at the time, he knew what Frosted Flakes was and Lucky Charms and, (laughs) you know, and he enjoyed all those donuts for breakfast and things. So it is, so I will tell parents that are starting now with kids, it is hard. And, but you have to be consistent at it and, the other thing is you provide the food in the home as the parent, and so you control what's in your pantry for snacks and things like that. And right. So, um, and also I tell parents, if you have teenagers or whatever, and you're just starting on this, or even seven-year-olds, to also educate them, like, and, but educate in a positive way. Mm-hmm. I never tried to be like, oh, shame on you for eating that, or make them feel t- guilty, or oh, this is so bad for you. I never want to go the negative route. I want to go the positive route. Like, oh, these fruits are so good for your body. They have got, like, these strawberries have so much vitamin C in it, and vitamin C will help you not get sick when all the other kids are sick at school. You know, or I try to teach them, like, oh, these are full of antioxidants. Antioxidants are really good for, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Like, teach them according to their age level, you know? And so I think it's important for parents that are starting out on this, those three things. Be consistent, control what you bring into the home, and three, educate um, as you go in a positive manner. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's a big reason why I wanted to start this podcast because I just felt there were so many things that I could do in my life now before I have kids that'll benefit my future kids. And just like you said, you know, it's harder to start with a kid who's already adjusted to a certain lifestyle Whereas, like, if I have a kid who's just born into a lifestyle that I've already set up to be in this way, they'll never really know any different. But I completely agree with just, like, talking it out. um, And, you know, like, I never – my mom 
would say or my dad would say, you know, like fruits, vegetables, they're good for you, but we would never understand why. And I think that's a really big, important component to add into that because yeah, like, you know, most kids trust their parents. I believed them that they were good for me, but I think that that's been a big part of my journey is learning why these um, foods are considered maybe superfoods or what vitamins or nutrients I'm getting out of them. And that's a a big reason that'll keep you going and keep you focused on like why you should be eating these foods. It's true. Like if you understand the why behind it, it's so much more beneficial than just hearing, well, it's good for you. Right. You know, you're like, well, okay, great. <laughs> exactly. So that is true. And also I was going to say along your lines, um, if people before they are parents can figure it out, then it's so much easier when buying products for their baby or their little kids mm-hmm. because like before you're a mom if you can figure out your like bath soap and body lotion and mm-hmm. things like that then when you've got a little baby you're like oh yeah this is easy I want the bath soap without the parabens and without the phthalates and without the artificial dye this is I've got this because I know how to do it for myself exactly you know what I mean so it is great for yeah. those that are not moms yet to really get a handle on things now because then it's just so much easier when you do have to make those choices for little babies and little kids and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I can imagine that becoming a mom is, is very, could be very intimidating or scary. There's like a lot of new stuff happening that you've never done before. So if you kind of have a handle on that, at least, I feel like that can really help with your confidence too. And like knowing that you are taking care of your baby as best you can um, with all of those products in their lives. For sure. Uh, yeah. And so how, you know, I've actually been talking to people since following you about your page and everything, and I'm always met with the same thing that you've been dealing with and focusing on your page for the past couple of weeks, which is about cost. That's like, it's such a common response. I think it's just like this, like, go-to for people. Like, it's their just defense mechanism is like, it's too expensive. I can't do it. And I've like showed them your page and I've told them, you know, it's really as simple as putting uh, like vinegar with baking soda. Like it doesn't have to be expensive. So for people who are new to it, you know, regardless of the cost discussion, which I will include the links in the podcast notes, how did you start that process in those 18 months? Was it like room by room? Was it as you ran out of things? How did you approach it? And how do you kind of explain to people is the best way to get started? Yes, so I actually went ingredient by ingredient, and so, like, for instance, one of the first things I got rid of at the time was hydrogenated, or partially hydrogenated oils. Now we just have hydrogenated oils. Finally, the FDA has banned the partially hydrogenated oils, but um, anyways, I started with that, and how that looked is I um, went to my pantry and just sort of looked through everything and found what had partially hydrogenated oil in it. And I was like, oh, these Ritz crackers have that. That's interesting. Okay, I don't want to buy Ritz again, but my seven-year-old likes crackers. So what can I replace that with at the grocery store? And then, oh, these saltines have um, this in it. Okay, I don't want these saltines. What can I buy instead? Like mm-hmm. it for next pregnancy when I'm nauseous. You know what I mean? So right. I went through ingredients, found what had that in it, and then found the replacement for it at the store. So then I never had to think about it really again. I was like, okay, I don't buy these Ritz. I buy this um, alternate Ritz that does not have the hydrogenated 
the partially hydrogenated oils in it. Once I got good with that and comfortable with it and could just pick out the item at the store, then I moved on to the next item. And then, so then I went to like artificial dyes. Well, I had to find where artificial dyes were in my home. Like they were in snacks in the pantry, but they also were in my hand soap and in body lotions and, you know, different things like that. So I just got good with one ingredient, found where it was in my home, found replacements for it, and then moved on. So for instance, like people would tell me, like while I was dealing with artificial dyes, like, oh, but you've got to be getting um, better meat. The meat you are eating is horrible. Well, that was too much for me. <laughs> like, don't tell me I've got to now do <laughs> yogurt and milk and meat and my dyes all at the same time. Like, I just, if it's too much, it becomes too overwhelming for me and I can't do it. And I was like, right. I'll get there eventually, but let me do one step at a time. Yeah. And also, I think it's more cost-effective this way because I didn't have thousands of dollars to go replace everything, you know? Exactly. So I needed to just be like, okay, these writs are almost out. I realize there's a bad ingredient in it now or not a great ingredient. I'll go buy a new option now that these are almost out. So, and when people do start on a health journey, it doesn't need to be expensive. It can purely be like... When you run out of an item, just buy maybe a better choice item. Mm-hmm. Or instead of buying um, hand soaps for all the bathrooms in your home, um, make it next time. It's so much cheaper with castile soap and some essential oils. Or next time you run out of that 409 or mm-hmm. Fantastic or whatever you're using for your all-purpose cleaner, maybe make one if you don't have the budget to go buy a cleaner, better choice. Yeah. You know, um, and a lot of places these days are providing better choices for us, which is so nice. Um, so don't get wrapped. I always tell people, don't get wrapped up in the mindset of, oh, organic and healthy items are so much more expensive because that's not always the case. And there's ways around that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, also making it at home, too. If you're, you know, concerned about the sustainability component as well, that can be much more cost effective because you're not paying for the packaging, but also you're using like maybe a reusable mason jar or something to hold that um, cleaning product in like a glass spray bottle or something. Um, So you're saving on that as well, which is, I think, important. And I was wondering too, how much does sustainability kind of play into all this? Because a lot of it, it happens naturally just by supporting the brands that aren't putting in these like bad products that then go into our water systems and into our oceans, right? Like you're also um, helping with that. But I'm just wondering for you and and your purpose, does sustainability play a role in this? Do you focus on that with some of these products? I do. I do focus on it. And I also think, though, it's a huge thing that companies need to be working on. I Mm -hmm. feel like companies first worked on trying to clean up their products and then second, they went to sustainability and mm-hmm. their packaging and then environment. And so I feel like we're finally hitting a turn where I think we'll see more and more of that because you're right. The cleaner um, brands now have these cleaner products and they're getting these complaints of, well, you have a cleaner product, but it's in a plastic spray yeah. bottle or it's in a plastic container. Do you have better packaging or all this um, mailing that we're doing with people, you the ordering online and things like that. Mm-hmm. Companies are hearing the complaints of, why can't you use biodegradable peanuts in the shipping? Or why can't you, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think we are hitting a turn where companies are 
becoming more aware of that. Five years ago, I don't think it was a big concern for companies or even many families. And I think now the knowledge is being spread. People are learning about it. Companies are doing better that we all are trying to do better. But companies definitely could do better than, like you said, all that the plastic packaging that so much of, like, our snacks come in. And you know what I mean? It's yeah. hard. It's hard to, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I I have seen that change happening and consumers demanding it, which is really awesome to see because a lot of the time like consumers might know what's good for them when it comes to like what they're putting in or on their bodies, but they might not be as aware of the actual um, damage the packaging is coming in, like what that is doing to the planet. So I've seen it on Instagram. Like I get targeted a lot for those meal prep services. I'm not sure why, but I do. And um, all of them come in this like single use plastic. And I've just seen so many comments of people being like, why are you like giving your food in this single use plastic? It's so people are starting to speak up a lot more. And that's also a great thing about social media is that brands are getting direct messages and, um, you know, concerns from their target market very quickly and easily. And, and that can hopefully help them like pivot a little bit or think it through for the next, you know, production of their products. Right. Right. And it is a harder thing for, um, the consumer to actually do because for instance, um, like take something like ketchup. Well, I can have, I think it's easier for consumers to choose better ingredients than it is packaging because like at my grocery store there is a ketchup with high fructose corn syrup sitting right next to the organic ketchup so I know the organic ketchup better so I buy the organic ketchup but they both are in plastic containers and there's nothing I can do about that at that grocery store do you know what I mean so it has to come down to consumers also talking to the companies like you said through social media saying hey how about you stick that ketchup in a glass bottle yeah, that would be, you know what I mean. So yeah. we have to do our part with talking to the companies as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's the great. I, I that's definitely one of the positives of social media because before you'd have to maybe go on like what would you go on like the Heinz website and try and call like you know like a customer service representative. Like getting directly to the brand now is pretty easy, um, and that's like it's definitely really cool. But yeah, that it is hard when those two options are in front of you, you want to choose the better one. And that's the other thing I was going to say too, is I love the language that you use of like good, better and best. Um, I read something a while back of this mom who likes to talk to her kids about good options and better options instead of good and bad, because then you don't have to feel bad if you choose the good option. If, you know, if you're not able to choose the better option or if you're confronted with a choice, you don't have to feel like ashamed or um, bad. And so I really appreciate the language that you're, that you use also on your page. I think that that's a really great way to get people more engaged as well. So well, thank you. Yeah. And I, and I want to make sure people understand. So I do that good, better, and best because it's not always feasible or possible to do the best option at all times. Right. A lot of times the best is homemade. And I'm a working mom with six kids. Sometimes I can't home make everything. So I need, you know, the better option. Right. And sometimes the best option might just be too expensive or not carried in my store. So I'm okay with a better option. You know what I right. mean? And so if, if everybody gets on a health journey, 
and make baby steps, maybe that good choice is way better than what you had in your pantry before. And buy the good choice. And when you get more comfortable or find that best choice on sale, then buy the best choice. You know what I mean? But we're all trying to do the best that we can do for the situation that we're in. And if that looks like just buying without high fructose corn syrup, but you can't buy the organic and that's a better choice for you, then that's awesome. You just made a better choice. Exactly. You know? Um, and then my my last question before we get into just like the final quick round of questions I ask everyone on the podcast um, is if you could just quickly break down, because this is something that is just been always hard for me to understand, is the difference between like USDA approved, non-GMO, organic, those three things, because labels, like a lot of brands have been, you know, um, they kind of lie to the consumer with greenwashing with these labels. And so I just want to know which ones to really look out for and, and know that they are trustworthy. Okay. So if you see organic without the USDA certified organic label on it, mm-hmm. I am always a little hesitant on that, but okay. you need to know like where your source is coming from. Right. Um, if they actually have the label on their product, then they've gone through a lot of regulations and a lot of different requirements to earn that label. And so I'm pretty trusting of that label. Um, the non-GMO label is can be a huge marketing ploy. Okay. That label is stamped on everything. For instance, I see it all the time on oats. Well, oats are not a genetically modified crop, so to have that label on a package of, like, Quaker oats is just a marketing ploy. It means nothing. Okay. Um, it just makes people think, like, oh, it's non-GMO, so it's healthier. Right. So the non-GMO label is really misleading because there's only 10 genetically modified crops right now commercially sold, and the ones that I am most concerned about are the ones sprayed with glyphosate, and so that is your sugar, corn, soy, canola, and cotton. And so those products are the ones that I actually look for the non-GMO label on. So if it's a processed food, say a cookie, for instance, um, I want to know that they aren't using GMO sugar and GMO, um, like, corn or soy or things in it. And so I'll look for the non-GMO label on that. I'm not looking for the non-GMO label on oats or peach baby food or applesauce. You know what I mean? Things that are not genetically modified um that makes sense so hopefully that makes a little bit more sense yeah no that's that is helpful just to know that there's only a set amount of gmo products out there um so to know that that's just kind of that is something that could just be a marketing scheme (laughs) right um right Okay, so for the final round of questions, these are just three questions I love to ask everyone that's on my podcast. The first one is, what mantra or words do you like to live by? Um, I I have two of them. Okay. Um, one, trust, and it's just pure trust. Like, and if that means, for me, it's the trust in God and in my own intuition mm-hmm. for other people that might be higher power their energy whatever mm-hmm. whatever they want to have as their solid base and their solid foundation to trust in yeah and so um i always think 
And it's so easy, just trust. And the second thing is everybody is doing their best. That's yeah. what I try to tell everyone. So when people ask me, like, is it drive you crazy that you see, like, moms in the grocery store with the worst food in their grocery cart? And I say, no, they're doing their best. That is the best that they know how. They're just not maybe educated on better choices out there. Right. Or if I see some, someone, if you just have that mentality of every everybody's doing their best and you're not so quick to judge and be harsh and rude towards others. You're like, you know what, she's doing her best. Yeah, absolutely. So, it removes that, like, quick judgment that... Right. You know, other people don't deserve and you don't know anything about their lives. So right. um, I exactly. love that. That's really great. Um, and then the second question is, we all know it takes a village to raise kids. What do you most value in your community who's helping you raise your kids? Um, I love that. Um, so I am really, really blessed to live in a neighborhood with um other families that have kids my same ages, mm-hmm. their family, yeah, the neighbors' kids are my same ages. So I feel like us moms in this neighborhood can help each other out. And there are like five or six moms in this neighborhood that have just become my best friends. And honestly, they are like second parents to my kids. And I feel like we're all trying to help each other out yeah. um, with each other's kids. And so I feel really, really fortunate to have that in my life. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's like the dream, right? To have people around you whose kids are the same age, because <laughs> then it, you really are going is. through it together. It is. That's nice. Um, and then last question is, what qualities do you most admire and are working to instill in your children? Oh, I love this one, too, because I have one quality, and I think the quality trumps it all, is kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to be successful in life, you need to be kind. To be happy in life, you need to be kind. To have friends, you need to be kind. Mm-hmm. To, I mean, there's just so much that comes down to kindness. And I feel like in this world, there's a lot of just frustration and anger and harshness and meanness. Mm-hmm. And if everybody could just step, take a step back and just think about, hey, am I being kind today? Or was I kind to that person? Or am I kind to others? Oh, can you imagine how awesome this world would be? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so absolutely. I think, the most, I think the most important quality is for ourselves and for our kids is just to be kind. Yeah, definitely. I think that is up there as one of the most important, if not the most important quality that people could really benefit from because it put it brings you out of yourself and your own world by focusing on how you're treating others but it comes right back to you and benefits your life directly so it is one of those qualities that really is 360 in your life and other people's life can just be such a positive thing so I love that I think that's a really good one so true so true well thank you so so much I really appreciate you taking the time um it's been so wonderful speaking with you if you could just let everyone know where they can find you so I'm on Instagram and it's just thought ingredients mm-hmm. and if they click the link in my bio they can um, you can find all the links to my favorite products and guides that I've written I have guides that will help you on your journey guides specific for those that are gluten free those that are looking to clean up their beauty products cleaning products things like that and we're in the process of cleaning up um, a website 
So that one will be justingredients.us, and hopefully that will be out soon. And that will have my product that I have just started making. I just created that deodorant, like you said, and some mm-hmm. face serum. And hopefully some new products will be coming out shortly. Amazing. Yeah, I'm so excited to see what happens next for you. And um, the deodorants look amazing. Um, the serum, as I said, I loved it. So it's very, very exciting. And I'm excited to see what happens next. Thank you so much for being on here. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good rest of your day. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review and share it with a friend. Check out the podcast notes for the links we mentioned in our conversation and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. Thanks for listening.